0: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of the Steelers Fix. My name is Jeremy Betts, joined as always by my good friend Andrew Wilbar. We're going to be talking all things Pittsburgh Steelers, specifically from a player development and addition standpoint. That's what we're talking about this this time of the offseason, getting players in the building for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Free agency, just a little bit under a month away. And then you've got the draft coming up in just a couple months now it is going to fly by andrew as we approach and more news pops out more moves are made we're going to focus in on free agency a little bit in this show today talking about the best non-qb free agents at steelers positions of need andrew we're not going to talk about quarterbacks today all right so i don't want to hear that word out your mouth today no quarterbacks coming out uh in this conversation how you doing man
1: you are not going to hear that Q word from me or that O word that is on your shirt right now, uh, but that's a normal. Wait. Wait. I know. Um, anyways, <laughs> I'm doing well. Uh, the, I've yeah. got so I've got a test coming up. Well, you'll be hearing this on Tuesday, so I will have had a test. One of my classes, uh, first one, first second major one this semester. Uh, in that class, it's one of my bigger classes, but um, I'm enjoying it. It's going well so far. Draft work is really prepping up uh, this week. Mm-hmm. We had our first article uh, and video breakdown combination. I did the article form of a draft prospect. KT Smith did the video breakdown. We did, uh, excuse me for the name of it, Darius Robinson, uh, defensive line from Missouri, which we've talked about on the show for a couple weeks now. A guy who could really be a fit for the Steelers at that five-tack position. KT Smith does a great video breakdown, breaking down his performance against Georgia this past year. So good. Make sure you go and check that out. SteelCurtainNetwork.com, FansForSports.com. Uh, we'll be having more of those coming out in the near future. I believe next we're going to be doing uh, our favorite center prospect, Cedric Van Praan. I think he is the next guy yes. on the list.
0: Well, cool deal, man. And and as you dive into these players, I'm sure, you know, when the scouts are looking at all these guys, they're, they're weighing them all against each other in real time based on their scouts information and everything but it's hard not to fall in love with a player like Darius Robinson when you break down the film like that or when you do a deep dive into his attributes and what he's going to be able to do this is a guy that's that's going to boost his draft stock continuously as we get closer Uh, would you be surprised if he makes it out of the
1: first round at this point Andrew I would. I think he's going to yeah. test really well at the combine. If he tests as well as I think, I he could flirt with maybe even the top fifteen. Just because there's not a bunch of great defense line. But as Katie Smith pointed out, you have to know how you're going to use him before you mm-hmm. have him here. He's not the greatest in the stand up position. You yeah. really want him with his hand in the dirt. He's best, in my opinion, is a five tech. Uh, Katie Smith says he a three tech or five. Uh, mm-hmm. Ideal. You got to use him like that. The Steelers cannot use him like. They did Marvin Leal. Well, he yeah. can play a lot of spots. We'll just figure it out when we get him and try to move him around and figure out where his, what his niche is. Not going to work with a guy like Darius Robinson.
0: Yeah, it kind of feels like like the Trayvon Walker versus Aiden Hutchinson conversation, right? When you're talking about these guys, a lot of teams are going to side with the physical uh, athleticism upside on a guy over just straight production. That's what you're kind of banking on with Darius Robinson. And there's going to be so many guys that we can talk about through the draft uh, in that regard. Andrew, the Combine's coming up in just a couple of weeks, so we're going to be deep diving all these draft players. But for now, let's go ahead and talk free agency. And before we do, I do want to go ahead and jump into our break. and uh, We're going to talk free agent non-quarterbacks at Steelers positions. You said the word. Oh, I said it. Oh, my goodness. Free agent. I'm saying it as a way to you know delineate who we're not talking about. We'll get on. Okay. Non signal callers. Let's do that. There we um, go. <laughs> non signal callers that the Steelers should be targeting our favorite ones at their biggest positions of need. I think we're going to go with right tackle, center, defensive tackle, inside linebacker, cornerback, and safety, Andrew, for our purposes today. Don't go anywhere, Steelers fans. We're going to be right back on the second half of the show. We'll make it a long second half, and we're going to dive into all of our favorite free agents at these positions. Welcome back to the Steelers Fix. Jeremy Betts, Andrew Wilbar. I know we had a short intro, not a lot of news going on, Andrew, but let's just jump right into our topic today. Starting with the right tackle group. Andrew, give me maybe one or two guys that stand out to you as your favorite free agent options for the Pittsburgh Steelers at right tackle, assuming the Steelers would like to move Broderick Jones, their rookie first rounder or their first round pick for, from 2023 back over to the left side left tackle who are some guys that can come in and provide solid starting snaps for you
1: at right tackle guy that I think a lot of Steelers fans are hesitant about just because of the divisional aspect is Jonah Williams from Cincinnati a guy Mm -hmm. who really wanted to play left tackle even though everyone is like you're really best suited not to be a left tackle. Cincinnati had no choice but to play him at left tackle for so long. Then they finally started to invest in the trenches. And when that happened, they were able to finally move him around a little bit. But, I mean, Joe Williams wanted to play a left tackle. Like, he had argued, I am going to be the left tackle of this team. I think in a new team, new start, it would be ideal for him because his upside is so much higher at right tackle than left. He, he's just – he is a solid left tackle that is limited by to being – just solid because he doesn't have ideal length. His arm length is not that great. He just doesn't have – he's not a long prospect. Longer, more athletic pass rushers can get the best of him. It's hard for him uh, to be able to – sometimes guys that have the length and the power, that length and power combination, they can get into his chest and have success bull rushing him from the edge. Uh, There's times where he's just uh, some of the – it's amazing how just a couple inches – makes such a huge difference it is a game of inches and not just from the aspect of the field. And it matters for the size of the players as well. And the arm length is a huge thing at tackle, especially mm-hmm. if you're a blind side defender. There's several times, several of Williams and Sacks was just the other guy barely being able to win for leverage coming around the outside on the edge, having that arm length is huge at left tackle. I don't think it's as big an issue on the right side or even at guard. Uh, I believe he could play either just fine. And he's kind of he he's proven that he can play many different spots. But right tackle, I believe that's he's less of a liability. And he's you know what you're getting with Jonah Williams. You know, you're at the very least getting a solid guy who's going to come in from day one. You're not going to have any issues. And I, I think that's a big thing when you're investing this much free agent money. You want to have at least a somewhat of a floor here. And the Steelers, if they want to go anywhere next year and got to speed up this state of flux, are we in a rebuild? Are we trying to contend? Like, what are we doing here? the Steelers have to be able to protect Kenny Pickett because you have to see what you have in him. So I, I I think by bringing in Jonah Williams, you put Broderick Jones on the left side, that makes a lot of sense. I would just hate to see them trying to put Williams on the left side and keep Jones at right. I could see that happening.
0: Yeah, I could too. It does, doesn't make a lot of sense on the outside looking in, but um, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're going to do their own thing. <laughs> Mike Tomlin's going to do his own thing, but hopefully Arthur Smith coming in, really settles down the offensive side of the ball and gets gets the guys in position. I'm going to go with uh, George Fant from the Houston Texans. Um, and I believe he was with the the Jets before that uh, and then the Seahawks before that. So uh, he's been well-traveled. He's 31 years old by a season start, so a little bit older, but that's not too old for an offensive tackle at this point. And I just think that this is a position that the Steelers are going to draft a player at. And so I'm going to say uh, George fand is, is a great veteran guy to have in the locker room. I don't think he's going to cost you that much, six or $7, million, $7 or $8 million a year. That's not, that's not bad. And then if you, if you don't want, feel comfortable starting your rookie right tackler or where, whatever you do at that position this year, you've got a guy who's been there, done that and could provide solid output along the offensive line Um, he's he's done a lot of different blocking schemes but the zone run blocking has has been something that he's done a lot of that's what the the Jets do Um, Houston I mean Houston didn't really have a great running game this year (laughs) uh, but that was more due to the style of offense that they played um, and not having really a, a dynamic rusher as well played into that factor so uh, I think he could be a good addition for the Steelers and uh, allows them to get a guy in a place where they they like to go into the draft Andrew without any glaring holes and I think right now right tackle is a glaring hole I think that, that gets addressed at some point in free agency um, so that they have some flexibility in the draft uh, Fant or Williams I think are great options there the other guy I wanted to talk about just real briefly was was Ali Udo from minnesota i talked about him last year as kind of a swing tackle uh option he can play both sides um he's not probably coming in to start for you if you if you wanted to sign him but i i do like him as a, as a swing tackle option you don't have Chuke's the core anymore as your swing tackle you don't really trust dan moore jr on the right side if things were to go uh hectic and haywire there Hopefully, he's not having to start on the left side either. So, this would be a guy to watch in the swing tackle position. Did you have anybody else that stood out to you maybe um, on the right tackle position?
1: Part of it's just because I like the name, but Calvin Throckmorton. Throckmorton. I would, I would love to get Throckmorton. I, I legendary name. Uh, yeah. it that in and of itself is enough to sign. But, anyways, he does have the, uh, flexibility to be able to play guard as well which is huge especially when you're looking at a guy who's giving more of a swing tackle he can play both left and right side Uh, he doesn't have the athleticism to really be a left tackle unless it's an absolute emergency you really want to meet on the right side or at guard but he's a guy who could provide good depth think of some of the guys that the Steelers have brought in throughout the years Matt Filer before he ended up becoming a starter and making money that type of player other guys the Steelers have brought in specifically during the time Mike Munchak, but even the slowly thereafter when the Steelers had some of these depth guys, there were a couple guys I was thinking of earlier, the names didn't come to mind, but the Steelers didn't keep around long-term. But just the Steelers have been able to find guys like that. And Throckmorton, he can play center, he can play guard, he can play right tackle. I think that's a good value to have, especially since the Steelers have lost some of their depth already on the offensive line. I think Throckmorton would be, he'd be a fat minimum signing and could provide some actual value.
0: Some great names along the, the offensive line. We got a Throckmorton. We've got a Questenberry. We've got a Cushionberry. Uh, when you get to the centers, let's talk about those centers, Andrew. Uh, give me a guy at center who is a favorite of yours in the free agent market.
1: <laughs> well, I do not love any of these. So, just for the record, like I'm all aboard the drafting a center bandwagon, whether that be Cedric Van Prawn or somebody else that piques my interest by the time we get to April. Cedric Van Praan's my guy. But Connor McGovern is a guy if the Steelers are going to bring in some sort of veteran, I think, I think if, if Mason Cole does not get cut, they're going to bring somebody in, whether it be some sort of other type of bridge starter, there's still a chance. I mean, Mason Cole, they could bring him back still mm-hmm. and with just for the sake of competition, you know, whoever we draft, you're going to have to earn the starting job. We're not just going to give it to you. And you have someone in there who already knows the system and has some experience, but uh, McGovern is a guy. I, I believe he is capable of more. He was held back by a ton of drama. He was held back by just a really bad offensive scheme, offensive line scheme, blocking schemes, just kind of all over the place. They had to constantly be adapted because there's so many injuries up front for the Jets, and that's been that way for a couple years now. So I don't blame that all on McGovern. His PFF scores, you look at that, don't get too much into that. They're, they look average because really when you look at it, average – on the Jets' offensive line was pretty good um, for many, many of their games. So it's not – it's all going to come down to price tag. I think that could honestly allow the Steelers to get a value pick here with McGovern, gets a value signing. But it wouldn't be something I would prioritize in free agency, but the Steelers are going to go this route. McGovern's a guy that I would be open to. Hey, you know, this is someone who has starting experience. He's been – he's shown flashes of being a really good center in this league. Maybe playing in between James Daniels and Isaac Samalo, maybe – he has a chance to develop into maybe maybe not the top tier, but maybe that second tier of centers in the NFL.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, he's he's got at least starter quality snaps still left in him. Yes, <laughs> for sure. He he's the guy who can come in and solidify a position that was a, a major weakness right away. So I, I like him. I, I do. I, I we were talking pre show to stay away from jets offensive linemen it's really the tackles maybe one of the a couple of the guards but um you know elijah vera tucker's a good player um and then you've got you've got connor mcgovern he's a good player too it was really the tackles where that was the biggest issue for them and a place that they're going to uh be spending some time on this offseason i went with aaron brewer it's been kind of floating around in the ether that he might be of interest to the steelers Uh, former titan center obviously uh, was there when Arthur Smith was there a couple of years ago. So you, you start getting the ties in for a player like that. And he's a good player. Um, he's an athletic center. Um, he's still pretty young. I think he'll be 28 when the season rolls around. So that's not bad. That's going into your prime. Plenty of years left for him if, he, if they wanted to give him starting snaps and, and focus elsewhere early in the draft and maybe draft a, a center prospect. Um, you know, a developmental guy in the middle portion of the draft, they could do that. Um, I, I like Aaron Brewer. Uh, I like Connor McGovern. Outside of those two guys, though, nobody really excites me. Um, as a potential free agent signing, so definitely my favorite guy is is Aaron Brewer. Um, did you have any thoughts on Aaron Brewer? I know you probably scouted him
1: a little bit better uh, coming out than than I would have. I like Burke. He has some he has some schematic versatility which is valuable. I don't think he's going to have an extremely high price tag. You're talking maybe 6-7 million. I think Spotrac no. has him in that 5-6 million range. So it's not like an outlandish type thing. If you do bring him in, I I don't know if you would bring in a center as well just because of the other needs. I think that would kind of put center on back burner. Um so it it would be a change for the Steelers because you don't have that guy that you are expecting to come in and be this uh, next elite Steelers center. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of Steelers fans are expecting that after we've had Mason Cole, after the Steelers swung and missed with Kendrick Green. It's like a lot of fans are expecting, whether it be Frazier, Powers, Johnson, Van Praan, one of these Mm -hmm. guys, they're expecting the team to invest in and hope that he is the next great Steelers center. If you bring in a guy like Brewer, I think that he's good enough to where you can kind of just leave center alone, but it may not take your entire offensive line to the level it needs to be to get it to that mm-hmm. next level, but I, you know, for uh, if the Steelers can get Brew for five million, I, I'm, I don't think I'm going to complain about it. He had a solid year this year, and uh, Tennessee wasn't the easiest team to play for this year, having the quarterback change and all that. But he seemed to adapt well.
0: You said you said the Q word, Andrew. Come on, man. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> I caught you. I caught you. Now we're even. Oh, you You're were even waiting enough. too. Yes, I was. I was listening for it this time. <laughs> oh. Speaking of the position that shall not be named, if you have issues there, what better way to to control the the outcome a little bit than to build up the offensive line? Right. Yeah. So we're talking a lot of trenches and the, and the Steelers offseason could very well be defined by those trenches. Uh, right tackle center down so far. Let's stay in the trenches, but let's flip the side of the ball, Andrew. Defensive tackle. I'm going to go ahead and give you my favorite defensive tackle uh, option for the Pittsburgh Steelers in free agency, and and really it's two guys for me, and, and their names rhyme, uh, believe it or not, Rankins and Hankins, Sheldon no. Rankins or Jonathan Hankins. Those are my guys. Two big-bodied nose tackles. That's that's kind of what they are. They're they're run stuffers in the middle. I think if the Steelers have lacked anything on the defensive front for a long time. Now it's that true nose tackle run stuffer uh, takes up two or three blocks on the interior and frees up the linebackers. Both of these guys have that ability. Hankins for sure is, is a fantastic rush rush defender and the the D- Dallas Cowboys rush defense splits when he is on the field compared to when he is not on the field are, insane they are a much much better rush stopping defense when he is on the field and a position like that is not going to cost you a lot of money nose tackle is not going to cost you a lot of money so i think he's a guy that that they should very very seriously target a guy like like jonathan hankins sheldon rankins to me too is a very good player they're they're both strong run defenders Uh, But Hankins is kind of my guy, Andrew, uh, along the defensive front, because I think they've got athletic guys on the defensive front. Keanu Benton's very athletic. Cam Hayward plays an athletic brand of football. I know his savvy is probably what's getting him uh, to that that high-end level of play if he's going to get there again at at his age. But uh, you expect both of those guys to come back in 2024 and be productive. So what do you do? You go get a a space eater up front. Jonathan Hankins, to me, is is a great option for that. Uh, What do you got at the defensive tackle spot, or do you have any thoughts on on my rhyming duo there?
1: I think we need to get him on for a podcast just for the same sake. I love rhymes. I absolutely love rhymes. Rankins Um, and Hankins. (laughs) The
0: Steel Curtain (laughs)
1: Network. It sounds so good. I I would one guy that I'm going to mention, not because I think this is ideally the best fit for him, but I think when you compare the other options out there, it's the most intriguing option. And that would be none other than chase young. And the reason being is because of his long frame. There were a lot of rumors surrounding the, the trade deadline, even last year. And before that, even when Washington was looking to move chase young, there were talks, will the Steelers pursue chase young because he has that, Frame the Steelers like to turn into their five-tech defensive ends, like Cameron Hayward, like Larry Okunjobi, like that that tip, that normal prototype guy that they have playing that defensive end position. And Chase Young is a lot thinner than that. He's you know around two sixty-five. Mm-hmm. He'd have to put mm-hmm. on a decent bit of weight, mm-hmm. but things haven't worked out quite as good as what I think anyone expected. I mean, he was the number one player in that draft class, in my opinion. I thought yeah. he deserved to be the number one pick. I, I I thought this guy was going to be a stud off the edge and he's been good at times, but he hasn't been near as good as what I thought he was going to be. And maybe it's time to try him at a different position and see if that unlocks his potential. I never saw him as a fit like that. I thought in NFL, he's either a three, four outside linebacker, or four, three man. He can play either. He'll be fine at either. Mm-hmm. Maybe we were all wrong in that evaluation. Or at least I was. Maybe you try him at five tech, you put on the weight, you see what happens. You know how ferocious he is as a pass rusher and who else better to learn from that for maybe one season than Cameron Hayward. As he is adding this weight, he can have the opportunity to play rotationally on the edge as another guy, as he's kind of transitioning positions, he can provide this year some immediate value. And then once Hayward retires, he can make that full transition to the defensive line could be a really interesting option. I'm not sure what your thoughts are. You're obviously familiar with Young being in Ohio state. Yeah. Oh, I said the other word too. Ooh. <laughs> hey man, you're just you're just not on your game tonight. It's it's late. Yeah. It's
0: late when we're recording this, but uh that's okay. Yeah, I I mean it's very intriguing to think about that. I've always thought of of him as a big outside linebacker more or less. Um but I mean, he's got the I think he's got the the frame to be able to hold a little bit more weight, maybe get up to 275. I think that that's where you'd like to see him play 275, 280, if you're going to move him in at a five tech uh, at, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, Cam Hayward's a little bigger than that. Um, I think Cam it plays around 300, maybe 295, something along those lines. So I, I just don't know if at this point in his career, he makes that type of transition, but um it kind of feels like his role to me would be more like Jadavian Clowney, where he's going to bounce around and and be a productive eight or nine sack guy uh, for you, but he's not going to, he's not going to be the all pro that everybody thought he was going to be coming out of college. So that kind of feels like his, his fit, but I would not mind him in the steel city. If he comes at a discount with the, uh, with the impression that he's going to learn and grow in, in a little bit of a new position Um and and you can't have you can't have too many athletic guys who can play multiple positions. I think he would be a good fit if you wanted to go that route. All right. Uh let's move to Hey
1: Jeremy. Let's see here. Yeah. I had a couple of names I wanted to mention real quick just to get your thoughts on on defensive tackle. One of which is a guy who was released on Monday by the Patriots, and that's Lawrence Guy. Not a guy who's gonna be a full-time starter, but a guy who can be a rotational player on early downs. Talk about a good run defender. He would be an he would be an ideal fit just as a depth guy in Pittsburgh. He's not going to cost a whole lot at all. He's, what, 33 years old now? Uh, but he's has a lot of experience, been on some Super Bowl-winning teams for New England. He was a big part of some of those teams. And now that his role has kind of decreased, New England just decided to cut ties with him. But he's not going to cost that much. And then another guy that I think the Steelers could be intrigued by is Danico Autry. He's mm, yeah. also in his 30s, but he's coming off arguably his best season of his career, 11 and a half sacks, Six foot five, two eighty five. He has that ideal frame to play him in that five tech role. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Doesn't sound like Cameron Hayward is going to retire. You would have thought that he would probably made the decision or at least yeah. announced something by mm-hmm. now. Uh, especially since he just looks like he just had a surgery. We'll see what comes of that. But I, I think I, I think Archie is a guy that the Steelers would be intrigued by. Just looking at what they did last year in free agency, unafraid to add older guys. But a guy who's still, in some ways, you could argue, is on the upswing after the year he had last season uh, for Tennessee. Uh, but him and Lawrence Guy, do you have thoughts on either of those? I, I like Autry as an
0: intriguing guy. There, he 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 and Javon Kinlaw were kind of in the same grouping to me. There, the two eighty five guys that can can kind of come in and play the five tech. But I, I like Autry. I, I like his versatility. I like the athleticism that he plays with Lawrence Guy. He feels like he's a little further past his prime than than maybe some of the other guys, and I I just I just don't know if that's a guy that would bring you enough uh, because they're I think the Steelers are going to need a rotational starter, not not a starter necessarily, but right. a guy who's going to give you fifty percent of the snaps at, at defensive tackle, defensive line this year, forty fifty percent of the snaps, um, and I just don't know if if he's that kind of guy. It, it's intriguing for what he can bring from. Uh, just a physicality standpoint and a a been there, done that standpoint for sure. But I would, I would much rather see the Chase Young, Danico Danico Autry, um, Jonathan Hankins type of guys. Yeah. Hankins Rankins. Yeah, exactly. So um, that's kind of how I feel about those guys. So, uh, okay. Now let's move on to inside linebacker and Andrew. uh, We've got to talk about a guy here that I can't believe Steelers fans have not been just, Pounding the table for. And we were talking about this pre-show. I think it's the position that shall not be named that is keeping this from f- flying higher on Steelers radars here. But <clears throat> it is it's the inside linebackers and it's Devin White for me. Devin White is a name that I thought Steelers fans were gonna be all over this offseason. He's coming off a bit of a down year. I don't think Spot Trek has him bringing in like $15 million a year. And I just don't see that happening. I know he's young. I know he's athletic. But I think a one-year prove-it deal for like $9 million, $10 million, seems like a much more feasible outcome, uh, much more reasonable outcome for for his services this year. And I think if that is the case, the Steelers should jump all over that and let him try to re- rejoin the the ranks of the elite at inside linebacker and if he does it for pittsburgh then he's the guy you you wish you got in devin bush in that same draft class when we were talking about the the two devins right and you would have you would have made that that payment to him anyway um if he ended up being your guy in the draft so to me it's like bring him in if it doesn't work then you rented him for one year and you let him go uh and then you maybe it Address that in the draft, but at this point with this draft class of inside linebackers, give me Devin White with NFL experience and that upside of an elite athletic inside linebacker at a at a prove it price and and ride right into 2024 with him leading the way at inside linebacker. And then your your pieces like a landon roberts and Cole Holcomb when he comes back healthy, they don't have to be the guy. That feels a lot, a lot better at inside linebacker if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers to me.
1: Yeah, I think that this is just kind of a proving grounds that the NFL is so much a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately business and sometimes to a fault. Yes, Devin White struggled at times this past year, and he's slowly decreased in value the past couple years for Tampa Bay, but... That does not mean that he cannot get back. I mean, he's still in his prime. It's not like he's lost mm-hmm. a step physically. It's twenty five years know.
0: old. He's only twenty five. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy.
1: He, yeah, he is. He has so much potential still, and we've seen what he's capable of. He's there. We've seen years where he's one of the best linebackers in the NFL and lit the league on fire. I just think that he's a guy that you've you've got to strongly consider.
0: Right. We talk about it here. It, the Steelers defense is never right without that guy at inside linebacker. He could be the guy at inside linebacker. And then you fix a major hole in your defense that you've been trying to gap fill for five, six years now, ever since, ever since Ryan Shays here went down, maybe this is the guy that comes in. And if not, are you any worse off than the 28, 29, 30 year olds you've been signing recently? No, not at all. Uh, so give me Devin white and sorry, Andrew, you got cut off there. Um, Uh, we're having some technical difficulties in the recording, but no problem. Who's your guy at inside, inside linebacker, Andrew?
1: My guy has to be, okay. This guy absolutely lit up the NFL scouting combine a couple years ago. He kind of flew under the radar because there were serious character concerns and they were valid. He had been into a lot of trouble. He hasn't been perfectly clean in the NFL, but the only real time where he suffered any punishment from the NFL was a suspension for a thousand dollars damage of other people, and I'm not belittling that. That was not. I'm not saying that's a good thing. It still uh, wasn't. But compared to some of the stuff that he had struggled with in his past during his college days, very minimal. And other than that, he's been pretty good. And on the field, he's been outstanding. And that's Willie yes. Gay Jr. from Kansas City. He would be a perfect. I mean, capital P, capital E, capital R, all the way through. I'm too lazy to spell the rest of the word out. Perfect (laughs) for the Steelers. He would be a perfect fit in this system. Imagine having either a Cole Holcomb or a Landon Roberts as your buck who can Mm -hmm. really help it against the run, and then you have Willie Gay running sideline to sideline. Willie Gay would be the closest thing the Steelers have had to Ryan Shazier physically. And he has the instincts too. This guy can do everything. He's not the biggest against the run, so sometimes power running backs and power running games can overwhelm him a tiny bit. But he senses the run. He has good instincts. Extremely athletic. Great in coverage, and he just has a sense of knowing where to be on the field. He has great situational awareness. He'd be a great fit. And considering it's the linebacker position, you're only paying probably maybe seven, eight million dollars for a guy like this. And mm-hmm. he's—you could argue when he's at his best, he's one of the top 10 to 12 inside linebackers in the NFL. I'll take that for the Steelers defense. Absolutely. Um, you know, the
0: Steel- a lot of Steelers fans pound on the table for uh, another Kansas City Chief cornerback, Legereus Sneed. But maybe the guy flying under the radar here is is Willie Gay Jr. and would be the, the option from Kansas City if you're going to go free agency route uh, to add. Uh, to your defense if you're the pittsburgh steelers let's talk about those corners andrew you've got a couple guys that are very intriguing at the top of your free agency wish list at cornerback
1: here Uh, tell us about a couple of your favorite guys at corner i'm gonna go with the guy first that we've mentioned the past couple off seasons and somehow he still winds up on the free agent market every year and i still don't know why he may not be an elite corner but he is a Almost a borderline one, but he is a very, very good number two corner. He would be perfect across from Joey Porter Jr., and that's Sean Murphy Bunting. We Mm -hmm. mentioned it when he was a free agent coming off his time from Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay didn't have the resources to pay him when they had so many other people in that secondary they had to pay. They decided to go for Carlton Davis and other guys in that secondary to pay instead. And now Tennessee, what are they even doing on that defense? And (laughs) he's a free agent again. I feel like we mentioned this guy every offseason, Jeremy. But he would be such a good fit. He is so good in man coverage. He tackles well in the open field. Everything that we've been talking about Steelers corners needing to do for the past couple years, Murphy bunting is that. There was a year he struggled with injuries. But other than that, there's not a whole lot on his record that makes you say, man, this guy's a big risk. Like, he's not going to cost you much. It's just going to be a one- or two-year prove-it deal anyways. Bring him in for two years Five million a year like i would totally pay that. uh and you have a, your corner opposite joey porter jr you're paying them almost identically to what you're paying levi wallace right now i mean i i would I, to me that is a huge upgrade you don't even have to worry about your outside corners anymore you're looking mm-hmm. at a really good corner tandem for the next couple of years
0: yeah for sure and you know sean murphy bunting he, he doesn't strike you as a big, long, rangy corner, but he—he kind of is a bigger corner. I think six foot one, six foot two. Yeah, right. He's—he's he's a bigger guy and um, a, a guy that just, like you said, kind of in each spot he's been to, except for Tennessee, it's kind of a wonder. I, I would be surprised if Tennessee doesn't make a hard play for him to come back. Yeah. Um, but you know, the only reason that he kind of was ousted from his previous spots was that they just had a little bit younger um, options that they had to take care of instead. Uh, when you talk about Tampa Bay specifically, he was just kind of the odd man out in that group that was just really, really good. Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis. I mean, those are really good players that they had to just choose over uh, Murphy Bunting. So a, a great option, in my opinion. I'm going to go with a guy with a little bit of inside outside versatility as Kenny Moore Jr. Um, from from the uh, Colts. uh Indianapolis Colts, excuse me. Yeah. From the Colts, who he's a ball hawk, Andrew. He 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 takes the football away. And when he does so, he often takes it back to the house. He's one of these guys that is just kind of known for housing pick sixes. And uh he uh every time I think I would I would look up on in a game and I see a turnover from the Indianapolis Colts, this guy was the guy doing it. That's just what it felt like. He's he's always around the ball. He knows how to make plays on the ball. He reads the court. Ooh. ooh. Oh, I stopped myself. Stop I yourself. Stopped my- <clears throat> he reads the eyes of the uh guy with the football very well and he just makes plays. I like him a lot and I don't think he's going to break the bank for you. So he he's a guy that to me has some again, inside outside versatility. I think he's a a much better version of what the Steelers hoped they were getting in Patrick Peterson this last off season. So cut Patrick Peterson, get that $9 million from him and, and go out and use it to sign Kenny Moore. And, and you're going to be in much better shape. I also like Jeff Okuda, uh, who has kind of had a, a rough start to his career, early draft pick of Detroit didn't work out Went uh went to Carolina. Maybe I've got that reversed, <laughs> but uh, just hasn't worked out yet. Maybe he can come to a defense where Terrell Austin, very good in the secondary, knows how to work with these guys. Joey Porter Jr. looked really good in his first year. So I would just consider him as maybe the big swing that wouldn't break the bank either if the Steelers wanted to go for a young guy that still has a lot of upside. Uh, Anybody else at corner, Andrew, that stands out to
1: you? I like my Michigan boys, so I'm going to give one credit. Jordan Lewis, he had a really good end to this season for Dallas. He's been consistent for them. And the Steelers haven't really ever found the true Mike Hilton replacement on the defense. There's mm-hmm. some guys in this draft, I think of Mikey Sanders, still from Michigan, who a lot of people are comparing to Mike Hilton. There's some other slot corners in the draft, but this would be a, a cheap way for the Steelers not to have to address nickel cornerback. They don't have anyone ideally on the roster you want in that slot again. Mm-hmm. Shandon Sullivan. My opinion didn't really work out. He had his moments, but uh, he was exactly what we expected. You know, very low-risk signing. And you have other Mm. outside guys. You have Corey Trice. You have Darius Rush. These guys aren't going to be playing in the slot. You need to get a slot corner. Jordan Luce isn't going to break the bank, but he is – Rock solid. He can do a little bit of everything. He can blitz if you need him to, but he's really good in coverage. He can play man. That's where he's at his best. But he's even learned to pick up a little bit of zone, a little bit more off man, something that he didn't do in college. He was exclusively press man. Of course, that was the time when Don Brown was still defensive coordinator Mm -hmm. with Michigan. There was really never any change. It was pure man-to-man the entire game. But he knows what he's doing. He's experienced. He has good instincts. I wouldn't mind seeing Jordan Lewis. A, a pairing with if the Steelers starting corners were Joey Porter Jr., Sean Murphy, Bunting, and Jordan Lewis week one. I'd be pretty pumped.
0: Yeah, I would too. I would absolutely be very pumped. You've got a guy, though, here that you think the Steelers would probably target over some of these guys. Who was that?
1: It was Rocky Yasin. I just remember so yeah. much surrounding Mike Tomlin's affinity for Yassin during the draft process. Obviously, the Steelers did not go that route. Uh, when he came out of college, but I still believe that the interest is there. Of course, Yacine had a great career at uh, um, excuse me Temple uh, mm-hmm. in college, and he he is a savvy player, but he doesn't fit what the Steelers are doing on defense. He doesn't fit Terrell Austin's scheme. He I don't think he would play that well with Joey Porter Jr. Yassin has some ability to play in man, but he really I relies on his instincts and playing off ball and being able to make in breaking cuts. To make plays on the ball. So I'm, I've never been the biggest sin fan personally. Uh, I know he has upside, but I just don't think he's the best fit for what the Steelers are doing, but we know Mike Tomlin likes those guys that he showed interest in during the pre-draft process. And if it circles yeah. back to a free agency, he's going to be willing to pounce.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right. Hey, let's wrap this up with the safety group, Andrew, and you and I were talking about this pre-show too, especially strong safety um, where the Steelers are, going to need help let's put it that way this this offseason to find a guy to maybe finally pair with with make Fitzpatrick and, and not let him go <laughs> for a while that seems to me like a, a very good idea for the Pittsburgh Steelers there's a lot of good names on the market at safety and I don't think any of them are going to break the bank Andrew I, I really don't I think that there's some very quality low priced options here and I I'd just like to get get your thoughts on it real quick first before before I get to mine. What you got?
1: Yeah, I, I like the class overall. I I'm, I struggle to find a bunch of great strong safeties. I know there's some, and one of which you'll mention in a minute. Um, Darnell Savage is a guy. He wouldn't necessarily fill the role of strong safety. But if the Steelers the Steers play so much sub-package defense, you don't necessarily have to have strong safeties if you just have different safeties that can play different types of coverage roles. And Darnell Savage is so good instinctually. He's not afraid to come down and make a Savage hit. Uh, he can come down and play in the box, even though that's not his size. You know, usually you don't think of a 5'11", 195 safety coming downhill. But Savage can come downhill. He's not afraid to get his nose dirty uh, and do some dirty work in the run game as well. He wasn't always asked to do a bunch of that in Green Bay, but he can. He has that ability, to. He also has the ability to blitz, which Stewart's haven't had a free safety that could blitz in a really long time. Obviously, it's more typical from the strong safety, but you you have some flexibility. Minka is versatile. Savage is Mm -hmm. versatile. You can do a lot of different things with both of them together, and also Savage can also play in the slot. So if you don't bring in a Jordan Lewis, you could kind of kill two birds with one stone here. Mm -hmm. Get rid of all these other safety options that you brought Mm -hmm. in with Keanu Neal. Get rid of all those guys get rid of Sheen and Sullivan at nickel corner and just fill all those gaps with one guy and Darnell Savage. <laughs> That's one option. And then the other one is Terrell Edmonds. Yeah. You swallow your pride stealers and don't be afraid to bring him back for a cheap deal. Yeah. You know what he can do in your system. He's not bad. He's going to, he's going to keep you from having to draft a strong safety. You have too many needs to be able to just fix everything in the draft, addressing the trenches in the draft, and fix the secondary and free agency. You have good options out there. You don't even have to break, break the bank for most of these guys. And Terrell Edmonds is one of those guys. Bring him back in. He's going to be starter level for you. You know that. And you got burned several times this year by the tight end. And some of which were tight ends that weren't really even that great. It wasn't necessarily yeah. the volume of their production. It was the times that they produced were at the most inconvenient times. If Terrell Edmonds yeah. was out there, that wouldn't have happened. So bring Terrell Edmonds back Steeler fans, not Steeler fans, Steeler front office, please bring him back. You you will, you will benefit from it.
0: Uh, And a guy who uh, helped the Steelers get to the playoffs, Andrew. I mean, this was the guy who had the game ceiling pick of Trevor Lawrence to send the Pittsburgh Steelers to the playoffs. So uh, a guy that um, was helping his, his, his team, where his true roots are uh, even without being there. Uh, We appreciate you uh, Terrell Edmonds. I like a guy named Jaron curse out of Dallas. This is a big physical, strong safety. One of the, I would say few real strong safeties out there. Still six foot five, Andrew, and like 220 pounds. This is a big dude and he can move. He's plus side of 30. So you don't love the age, but he still can move. And he was part of a Dallas defense that was for most of the year really really good. really really stout, very fundamentally sound. Uh, I I really like him as an option. He's the kind of guy that to me, you can kind of throw up in the box and allow him to handle the line of scrimmage duties and just say, "Minka, just just go back there and spy everything. Figure it out and and play robber. Go go play deep. Take take the deep ball away. Take tight ends away up the seams. Go go do what you do best and and just let this guy come down in the box and, and shut up rushing attacks. Just, just play it that style. And I think you've got a team and a duo here that could really go the next level if you do that. And then maybe just draft somebody to, to kind of bring along in that spot. But I, I don't know, Andrew, the Steelers are going to have to do something here. They're going to either have to adapt their safety position to, to kind of fit the supply of safeties out there, which are Darnell Savage type players, more uh, nickel guys and, and uh, free safety types than anything else. You you don't get a lot of these uh, Jaron curses anymore. You don't get a lot of Ryan Clark's anymore. Another guy I like is Julian Blackman. I think he's kind of the, that Ryan Clark body type. He's a guy with some speed with, with some hard nose hitting ability. I, I like him at strong safety too. I think that, those those two guys would be my picks of the free agent class to pair with Minka Fitzpatrick in a traditional strong and free safety duo. I think those would be those would be my guys. But you've got to adapt. You've either got to go uh, convert, start converting some smaller linebackers to strong safety, or you've got to you've got to uh, adjust your defense to not be so reliant on the box safety uh, anymore. So, what are the Steelers going to do there? It, it's it's kind of up to them. Uh, obviously, but we'll, we'll we'll push for our guys. I like Jaron Curse. That's my guy.
1: No, I, I like Kurse. And the other guy you mentioned, Julian Blackman, I actually really like because he has yeah. corner flexibility as well. He can yes, play he outside corner. And he's been good at both spots. I really like Julian Blackman now that you mentioned that. I wasn't even aware he was a free agent before you had mentioned him to me. Um, I really like Julian Blackman. and He's a guy that uh, he had some injury concerns coming out and I think that was one of the things that kind of hampered his draft stock a little bit and lowered it, Mm -hmm. but he's a guy that is so rock solid. He was good throughout his entire career. He's not maybe going to come away with the most interceptions or anything like that, but he's not going to kick you in the foot. He's not going to kick you and make you just wonder, why did I put that guy in the game on third down in that crucial situation? He's not going to blow plays up for you. And I think that's a big thing when you talk about just like a kind of under the radar signing. Julian Blackman makes a lot of sense for the Steers. I really like that one. Obviously, Curse, uh, there's a lot of upside there too. But Julian Blackman is a guy that I personally really like. I, I would totally be aboard bringing him on.
0: Absolutely. All right, Andrew. Hey, we talked about a lot of players, talked a lot about, about a lot of positions. And we did not talk a lot about a certain position. Uh, we we tried to avoid yep. that because there's a lot of talk about that position and, yes. and we don't want to be we don't want to be contributing to that this week. We're we're going the other way. And so I think we did a good job. I think maybe each of us uh, slipped up maybe a couple times. I'm sure there will be some listeners out there who maybe catch a couple more. We'll have to we'll have to go back through it and, and, and listen. But uh, it was fun. Andrew, any final thoughts on uh, the free agency crop for these positions of need real quick before we head out?
1: Not a whole lot. Just just Steelers. And mm-hmm. I, I know the Steelers front office is going to do this. They're going to address the draft. They're going to see what they want in the draft. They always build through the draft. They're going to figure out what positions they want to address there. And then they'll figure out what they're going to do in free agency. The Steelers are not dumb. The Steelers are going to do their due diligence on the draft. And then that will determine what they do in free agency and what the strengths they believe this draft holds And they'll work accordingly. But make sure you check out Jeremy and I's uh, draft podcast, the NFL Draft Preview Show, on the FFSN feed. So make sure you're checking that out. We're going to be talking this week about uh, the best defensive players at each position in the draft. And we're going to be having a weekly show between now and the draft. So make sure you check that out. You're really going to enjoy it.
0: Yeah, and if you want to watch that one live, you can you, – or not live, I guess, but watch the video version of that. You can go to YouTube and check that out when it comes on there. Our first episode is up on YouTube and anywhere you get your audio podcasts. Uh Andrew and I are both going to have plenty of stuff coming out on the Steel Curtain network.com and fansforsports.com. I've got a seven-round Steelers mock draft in the works. Got all my players picked. I'm just putting in the information about them. So that's going to be my – sealer seven round mock 1.0 i'll probably do one more before the draft i typically do a couple of those and uh andrew is is uh goes deep into all the teams uh, on our mock drafts on fans for sports so stay tuned for that i'm sure 2.0 will be coming out soon um sometime before the combine andrew or are you going to wait till after to do 2.0 i was going to wait before or after
1: but i'm thinking a lot a lot depends more on my schedule with just school yeah. and everything but if we can make it work As much as I hate doing it right before the combine where it's going to mess everything up. I think we're going to try to get one in right before the combine and then we'll follow it up with a post combine. Maybe we'll wait until after free agency, the first wave is done and then do 3.0. It's just going to be a little bit different this year, but uh, keep an eye out for that. You may see one by the end of the week or early next week.
0: Sounds great. As always, we enjoy talking together about the Pittsburgh Steelers. We thank you for listening. Uh, We'll be back next Tuesday here on the Steelers Fix. Until then, have a great one, everybody.